When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Rambler Sports Network, from Learfield. He passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots. He off the rim. Rouse gets the score. It's over. It's over. We won. We won. We won. We won the ball game. And the dream is alive. Loyola to the Sweet 16. Loyola, Chicago. believe how sweet it is your ramblers are headed back to the sweet 16 second time in four seasons this is rambler roundtable the official podcast of loyola rambler athletics presented by etna Hey everyone, welcome to the Rambler Roundtable podcast from Learfield. I'm Jeff Hagedorn, glad to have you with us on this episode. And joining me on this episode is the latest addition to the podcast, as well as my partner on the radio this coming season for Loyola Men's Basketball, Christian Thomas. Christian had a memorable career in Rogers Park, averaging over 10 points, five rebounds per game from 2011 to 2015. He was the gritty, undersized post player that was a fan favorite. I have a feeling he's going to be a fan favorite on the podcast as well. Good to have you on board, CT. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you welcoming me. I'm looking forward to getting started. Uh, started this season, getting an opportunity to work together, being back in Rogers Park and just getting an opportunity to get back, uh, just get back and, you know, be part of the program again. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering what you've been up to since you, you left Loyola. Can you give us a little uh, capsule of that? Sure, sure. So like you mentioned, I graduated from Loyola in 2015, uh, earning degrees in information systems and supply chain management. And I've been working in that field ever since. So uh, most recently, I've been with SC Johnson for the last uh, almost two years now in a customer supply chain manager role. Uh, Prior to that, I was working as a supply chain manager for Ascension Healthcare in the Chicago area. Um, And prior to that, uh, you know, I bounced around the country and, uh, you know, a couple different supply chain roles with uh, Chewy.com and Amazon.com. So I uh, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, really kind of move around the country, but I can confidently say that uh, there's no place like Chicago. I'm glad to be back and I'm looking forward to staying here for a while longer. Well, supply chain is always a challenging field to be in, but it certainly had extra challenges the past couple of years, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you guys have uh, kept up with the news and just imagine it's uh, it's been about 10 times, 10 to, you know, 10 times more intense than the actual day to day. But um, I enjoyed it. It's uh, definitely a challenging field, but, uh, you know, provides a you know, good amount of complex uh, complexity. And so every day there's something, uh, you know, just something new to, you know, kind of tackle and dive into. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, have been has been a memorable experience for me. You were part of those teams um, that really set the stage for the success that the program has enjoyed recently, including the Final Four run in 2018. Yes. What are you looking forward to most about calling the games this year and getting back to, to hanging out with the team again? Yeah, so I'm just looking uh, forward to, uh, you know, really just getting back closer to the program, a little bit closer than I had been for the past couple of years just as a fan. So, um, you know, something that I really miss from my playing days is just that team camaraderie and, uh, you know, some of the relationships that you establish from, you know, your teammates or, you know, other athletes, uh, you know, those are some friendships that carry on, uh, you know, for a lifetime. And so really looking forward to getting that opportunity again. But, you know, also I know that we're moving into a new conference and, you know, we've had a lot of success over the last few years. So definitely looking forward to continuing that tradition. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Welcome aboard. Well, plenty of time to talk hoops in the coming months. Yeah. But this is, of course, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And in this episode, part three of our series, we're going to hear from a couple of former student athletes who have gone on to light the world on fire, as we like to say at Loyola. It's going to be interesting to get their take on Title IX. We're going to do that in just a couple of seconds. But first, all Title IX Rambler Roundtable podcasts are presented by Aetna for women's health tips and resources. Please visit Aetna.com and search Women's Health Tips. All right, let's welcome in our guests now, former Ramblers Lori Popernick and Alexis Meyer. Lori graduated from Loyola in 1993 with a degree in communications. She started her career in advertising at Leo Burnett and is currently working as an account director at People Magazine. She also thrived in women's volleyball at Loyola, where she still ranks fourth all time in kills, attacks, and service aces. Not bad. Meantime, Alexis graduated from Loyola in 2021 and was part of Loyola's only women's basketball team to reach the postseason, the 2021 squad that played in the Women's Basketball Invitational. She currently works as a senior associate in RSM's management consulting practice. During her career in Rogers Park, Alexis played in 77 games, averaging over three points and three rebounds per contest. She was also a member of the MVC Honor Roll. Welcome to Lori and Alexis. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. It's a it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. Have you two had an opportunity to follow your respective teams at Loyola as alumni? Alexis, I know you're a you're a recent graduate, but women's basketball and volleyball are certainly on the rise, along with just about every other sport at Loyola these days. Yep. So fun fact, I live with a volleyball player my senior year, so we still keep in contact about how the teams are doing and watching them, and we're very excited to see how volleyball is already doing in the A-10, and then hopefully basketball will also have a success, successful season. <laughs> yep, and I, um, I've i been following it in, a, in sort of a different way, you know, as an alumni since I graduated back in 93, but then also as a, a parent of a player, my daughter actually just finished up her career as a Rambler on the volleyball team, um, and she graduated a semester early last December. So it was super fun. We just attended the alumni game at Loyola together as alumni. So that was uh, really exciting and just a great experience and awesome to see the team doing so well, undefeated in the A-10 so far, and as expected, having a great year. 
Lori, I wanted to ask you, uh, both of you, really, when did you first hear about Title IX? You know, I it, it's interesting. I feel like um, when I started playing um, back in the 80s and 90s, it, it, I don't think it was anything that was really discussed as much. You know, I, I, I guess I came from, I was cut from the cloth of being someone who felt very, um, you know, just... I, I, I like to challenge myself. I had a lot of inner drive and I, I look to just seek out opportunities and grab them. And, and I guess I, I was sort of um, unfortunately oblivious as to how a lot of those opportunities came my way um, because of Title IX versus, uh, you know, a, a lot of others who may not have had the um, that same opportunity. So, and certainly now with it being the 50th anniversary, there's um, well-deserved fanfare around all of the doors that it's opened. I actually did some research myself just to see, like, you know, looking back and looking now, I had no idea how few women had the opportunity to participate in athletics. Um, and now it's just up to almost 50%, which um, is just such a strange thing to me that it's it's not even at 50% these days. And I think back when I was around, it was like 20%. So unfortunately, I, I think I was more in the dark about it, to be honest. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing until maybe I was 10 years old or something. You know, I have a grandma who is very adamant about history and women's rights and that I know all about them. Uh, I will have to admit that I don't know as much as she knows. But, you know, when you're when you're growing up in a household who really values history and learning about what the opportunities are like for us today versus what they were, um, I think that gives you some perspective now. I will say growing up with sports, it was more so, oh, Title IX, like you have to have one more women's sporting team than like men's sporting team. And that's not what it's about, right? Sure, there are certain regulations you have to meet or requirements you have to meet, but it's much more than that. Um, You know, it's about not discriminating based on sex and giving opportunities to people not based on their sex, right? So when I'm thinking about Today, what I know, it's way more than what I knew when I was 10, um, but I still feel like I had a, had people around me who made me recognize the privilege that I have today and the opportunities that I have that were maybe a little bit different um, for Lori, for example, or for people who came before me. Okay, very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, a question that I have, you know, Lori, you mentioned attending, uh, you know, alumni events with your daughter and Alexis as a recent graduate. So there's always a baton being passed, um, you know, from one generation to the next. So what do you hope that looks like or kind of what do you think that's going to look like for this next generation of rising athletes? Yeah. You want to go first, Lori? It's interesting. I feel like we've come a long way, but there's still so much more to go. And I, I like seeing the progress. I think what's interesting to me is, you know, back in my day, um, I felt like we we were supported and we had certain things. Like I remember we once got a pair of um, Nike high top volleyball shoes and that was like our one shoe for the year. And we were all like super pumped because it was like really stylish back then. And now when I see my daughter and how, you know, the support and, and everything that's really just grown exponentially, um, it's really, it's impressive. And it's, it's encouraging to see that there's a lot of support. There's a lot of, um, you know, just excitement about, women's athletics. 
Um, but I think there is so much more we can do. And I think um, when you look at the, the national stage and you look at sort of the women's soccer team and Megan Rapino and everything she's yeah. doing for um, equal pay for, you know, men and women, it's like, I, I feel like that, I mean, that's a different stage than um, obviously college athletics, but I think it, it'll have a really important trickle down because it will set the tone and set the stage for equality and equity. And, um, you know, I think that that is something that, you know, if we continue to move and make strides there, it's going to really have an even bigger impact for girls and young women everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the uh, the equal access to opportunity is very important, right? Because there are all, there might be all these opportunities out there, but if you don't have access to them, then what's the point? Um, and I think you do have to be determined, right, to go after them sometimes. But when you think about passing the baton, you know, I everyone has the privilege of having an impact on those people around them, and that's that's my opinion. I think it's one of the greatest privileges you can have and it's kind of up to you on is that impact going to be a positive one or is it maybe going to be a negative one and recognizing that no matter what you do you will impact those around you but then on top of it being humble enough to learn from those who came before you right who are right there with you maybe in your generation or in your level of experience and then those who are junior to you or who are younger than you because I love hanging out with all my friends and their kids because they'll just ask like the simplest questions and you'll think well actually I have no clue why I would do that or why that makes sense right and those kind of questions I think help move things forward and then you're paired with the experience of those people who went through those trials and tribulations and kind of have that experience of oh, that didn't really work out the first time, right? Or we should avoid this moving forward. And that's how you can apply that to life, right? But when we're talking about Title IX, it's so important to go together and to recognize the impact you do have on people around you and ensuring that that's a positive one and that you're helping bring people up with you and then also being humble enough to learn from those around you. So that's what I hope the baton passy looks like, yeah. right? It's a bunch of people having a drive for change, positive impact, and learning, 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 learning. Alexis, you talk about Title IX being a life lesson on equality in microcosm in itself, right? It, there's also the other side of it too, where it benefits the athlete when they leave college and, and how does that translate to the business world, right? So I'd love to have both of you talk about that. You know, I mean, clearly you learned a lot about stress and pressure on the court, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I will say when I when I started my job, you know, I knew there was going to be some translation. So everyone's like, it translates, it translates. I'm like, OK, sure. And I started as like, wow, they were really right. And I'm very happy that, you know, I chose to go play basketball at Loyola, something that wouldn't be possible without Title IX, right, to go beyond scholarship and play the sport I love at the collegiate level. But I learned so much. Yeah, stress, pressure but prioritizing people skills, teamwork, like having a team mindset is so important. And you run into problems when people are thinking about themselves. As a consultant, you serve clients, right? It's a we thing. It's thinking about the client. And when you're on a team, you usually have to think about everyone else around you and then yourself last, right? That's how we found success um, during my time is it was really a team thing. And so when we're looking at the business world and what I've learned, 
it kind of just translated naturally. And I recognized afterwards when I was talking to different people, I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, I learned that from like 10 years of basketball or from my four years in college, balancing a ton of different initiatives and having that drive and determination, being able to have a bad day and not let that get to you. You know, you have a bad game or the game is in another day. So you have to turn around and forget about it, learn from it and move forward. And I think that bounce back mentality and that perseverance is probably the biggest thing that really helped me when I came into my job because I knew nothing, right? And it was hard, but I was able to learn from mistakes that I made and then capitalize on the opportunities I was given and not let not let it get to me. So Lori, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but that was kind of my take in the last year, year and a half. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with a lot of what you said. I think, um, having the opportunities that Title IX provides allows young women and girls to take sort of the talents that they have and cultivate them in a whole new way. And I think a lot of that comes from collective experiences that you have in that environment. So, um, you know, I might've been a kid who who was super competitive and, you know, enjoyed challenges and things like that. But like, having the opportunity to learn at the college level how to develop my skills and how to apply my skills in that environment just translated in ways that you can't even quantify because, you know, yes, it's like being a person who loves to compete is certainly helping me in my job because my job is in sales. I am working to build partnerships Um, I'm competing against a lot of other media properties. And so that competitive spirit that's within me is, is, is there and it's pushing me, but I feel like the experiences that I had at Loyola to harness the spirit and really kind of, um, determine how to leverage it. Um, it's just not something that I think I would have, um, been able to develop just in the absence of you know, athletics. And so I think about other skills that I learn and you mentioned things like, you know, juggling and time management. And I think another thing is just learning how to be coachable because mm-hmm. when you're in the real world, um, you know, like you said, you're on a team and you're uh, in charge of, of, of working together with a group to achieve a common goal. And part of that is just learning how to be coachable. Um, And that's not something that just happens on an athletic team that happens uh, in your career as well. Um, So I think all of those things are, I don't know that I would be here. I know I wouldn't be here today and and having the success that I've had over the past however many years, um, if I just didn't have that opportunity to learn and grow in that environment. Yeah, very cool. So it's not like you guys have done a, you know, a great job, you know, sort of being able to apply a lot of the uh, skills and lessons learned from your time at Loyola. So, you know, I'm a little curious, uh, you know, kind of how, you know, both of you got your starts in your respective sports. Have there, um, did you have, you know, role models growing up or were you looking at, you know, some other, uh, you know, female athletes that you were, um, I guess, you know, striving to be like, I'm a little curious how uh, that went for you. Yeah, so I actually did not get serious about college basketball until maybe my sophomore year of high school, freshman, sophomore year time frame. Freshman year is like, okay, I want to play in college. Is it possible? Uh, I don't know. Sophomore year is like, okay, I'm I'm going to do it, right? 
Um, and when we look at all the female athletes who have kind of come and gone or still, you know, today making an impact, although she's not a basketball player, I still really looked up to her and her drive. And that was Mia Hamm. You know, she's very well known, obviously, as a professional soccer player. But I feel like as a person and the path that she started to pave gave women the confidence and kind of, Lori, what you were talking about earlier, like empowered women really and young girls to go try new things and not take no for an answer and I really looked up to her for that kind of grit and determination as I was growing up even though she didn't play basketball and then when I really got serious about playing basketball you know you can look up to other athletes as well to learn from their game and how they play but it's really the mindset I think that makes the difference in the world when you're when you're learning and growing, especially at a younger age, is you want to look at someone's mindset and the character that they have. And that touches on all the things that Lori and I just talked about, about what we learned from our sports. It's passing that on to the next generation, which I think Mia Hamm did a really good job of doing. Yeah, definitely. For me, it was, um, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in a small town um, north of Milwaukee. It's about two hours door to door from Loyola. So one of those sort of not too close, not too far kind of situations. So um, it was great. And I I just was sort of a small town. And, and a lot of what you did was just you were outside all the time. And I uh, grew up on a lake. And so I, I was just a very active person. So I feel like that's what drew me to athletics in general. I I really didn't specialize in volleyball at the time. I was just wanting to do anything and everything I could just be active. Um, it was, it was where I made my friends. It was, um, where I felt, you know, the most fulfilled. And so I ran track and I did, uh, I played basketball. I had, I think my nickname might've been crazy legs, but I did not pursue basketball much further than high school. And, um, and then, you know, volleyball was really where I felt that was my sweet spot, but I didn't really specialize in it. Um, which is kind of a difference between then and now. I mean, now you have, I mean, I feel this could be something that that um, has been a result of Title IX and the opportunities and the access. It, it's it's all of the clubs and the club sports and that whole thing. It's just wasn't really, it wasn't really there to any sort of degree when I played. I only played club for my senior year, which is totally not the norm now. I mean, if you wait until senior year to start, you're kind of like, you've missed the boat. It's left. And um, and I actually, I was playing, uh, in a tournament in, uh, the Chicagoland area. I think it was at the armory at the time. And there were a couple of guys who were super fans of Loyola randomly. They had no daughters or any relatives on the team, but they were just super fans and they'd be out there like essentially recruiting as unofficial recruiters for Loyola, because, you know, it was early in the athletics, um, sort of genre at Loyola, we didn't have, you know, as many resources as we do today. And they essentially called the coach and said, I think you need an outside hitter. And there's this girl here. <laughs> She's pretty good. So they kind of opened the door for me, thank God. And it was, uh, it was super fortunate. I think I sent my VHS tape over and before you knew it, I was signed up. So, um, but I, it's, as far as a role model goes, I, there was a, a, an athlete who is a year older than me on the volleyball team. So she was, um, you know, we were uh, junior and senior on the team and, uh, and I saw that she played club and she ended up getting a scholarship to Drake. And it just never even occurred to me that like there was opportunity beyond Wisconsin, because I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, 
at that at that moment, like people tended to stay in Wisconsin and the UW system was a strong system. And why would you leave? And so uh, it was really kind of being inspired by her and seeing her follow her passion. Um, and I was so impressed. She was just such a hard worker, um, super smart, um, just a great person and a great human being. And I, I always just looked up to her and the fact that she kind of broke through and blazed her own path encouraged me to, um, to do, to do the same. So it was a little bit radical for me to leave, to come to Chicago, even though it was only two hours away, but the rest is history. Very cool. Very cool. So let's, let's talk about, um, how, you know, we, we've, we've already touched on the fact that, um, Collegiate athletics help prepare you for your careers for the business world. Talk a little bit about how collegiate athletics and Title IX in particular may have had a role in helping women advance in the business of sport, right? Because we're we're seeing that more now, not just as athletes, but we're seeing more women GMs, we're seeing more women coaches and and, and officials, and you know we and we're seeing this in in men's professional sports as well, right? So. Talk a little bit about Title IX and, and how it's helped women advance in professional sports. I'll I'll take that first. I don't have much to say because I think it's still so like we're still so far gone from where we should be there. I think that we've certainly made some strides. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, looking at the NFL and like seeing women break through there and um, you know, just on a national stage with um, you know, the success that again, like the Megan Rapinos of the world that have had, it's like, it's great, but I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I can't think of too many examples of, um, you know, of, of that happening. I, I don't know, Alexis, if you have anything else to add there, but, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're definitely making strides, but I just think it's like, there's, that's a huge opportunity area for us to grow. Selfishly, I'm glad you took that first because I was like, I need a minute to think of an answer. <laughs> um, but because it, it is such a new space, right? It's it's something that shouldn't be new, and which I think, Lori, you know, we're all on agreement in this call. That's what Lori just said. Like something that shouldn't be new in 2022 for this to be like, wow, look at the new head coach over at the Aces, but she came from the Sparks, right, or where or wherever she came from. So it's like you think about okay, there are examples of successful stories and people making strides. And, you know, the first female kicker for the Vandy football team, like, awesome. But then you also see the backlash that that has, right? And you start to question, okay, well, why is there so much backlash? And I think it's great to see there needs to be more. Most people seem to be in agreement that there needs to be more of that. But there's still a lot of backlash and pushback happening um, and some tension around it. And so I don't have an answer, right? I don't have a solution. I don't have many thoughts outside of it's a new space and it shouldn't be as new as it is. But there is still a lot of tension out there. And I think that's the point I want to get across is it's great to see, but it also exposes kind of where we are right now. We've made huge strides with Title IX. We've had opportunities and doors open that wouldn't be possible with Title IX and their careers now in sports for women out beyond just playing, because it's always this college, like, well, what's next? If I'm not going pro, what's next? And I still want to be around the sport. Right. But we have, we still have a ways to go. So I'll leave it at that. I don't have much to say. Right. I think, um, I think it's great to see, but it also exposes some areas that maybe need improvement. CT. 
Yeah. Um, you know, kind of going, I guess, a little bit off cuff, um, you know, but Alexis, I'm curious. I feel like, you know, you and I, we had similar, um, you know, experiences at Loyola, you know, kind of coming in a program early. And then by the time you leave, um, you know, you kind of, you know, kind of help push things forward. So kind of want to talk a little bit more about that. And then also, um, you know, I guess some things that you're doing to try to stay connected to the team or, you know, some lessons that I guess you're hoping that, you know, some of the underclassmen, uh, you know, take on to continue pushing the program forward. Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, coming in, right, our head coach at the time had just gotten there by the time I, like, was recruited and signed. She's been there for, like, two or three months. Um, and growing up in Oregon, I was like, I want to I want to leave Oregon. I don't know where, but I want to go play somewhere else. And, you know, Loyola kind of presented itself randomly. Honestly, never even knew Loyola was a place. And what got me here was really that buy-in on – you're going to have a huge role to play and an impact. And that doesn't mean like points or scoring or, you know, being the best player. I, I did not need to be the best player. Right. And I also know my own limitations. So glad that was not on me, but you, you buy into that vision of building something and being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And so that's really what got me here. And yeah, you know, you have ups and downs like any point of life, but being in the trenches together than being on the by the end kind of being on the top together was really special um and I had a really great team to support me through that time injuries happen it's not always what you want it to be but it's where you're meant to be and so when you think about kind of overall the experience that you've had and the impact that you want to kind of leave on those around you and for the girls coming up and how you stay in touch with them. Um, you know, they're this, I think the last class of people that I know is they're juniors now, seniors, one of the two, one of the two. Um, but you know, I, I still show up. I went to senior year, senior day last year. Cause a lot of my close teammates, like seeing them from freshman year to senior year was really special in their growth. Um, I still talk to a handful of the girls, right. And I'm planning to hopefully go to a few games this year. I still am in Chicago. I don't live, um, too far from campus and, what I really hope they can take away from my time being there and then passing on to those around them is, hey, this is an opportunity that still not many people get to have, right? Whether you are a male athlete or a female athlete, like being able to play in college is a really special thing. Yes. And then taking what you learn outside of just your team is just as important. You have a platform because you are a college athlete at Loyola, no matter what sport you play on. You can use that platform, but again, is it going to be a positive impact that you have on those around you and the impact that and the story that you're proud of? And that's what I think Title IX kind of paved the way for was for women to have platforms in sport. You know, sports kind of got them to that platform. But now what do you do with it? What do you, how do you take beyond it, um, beyond the sport, beyond the team, right? So that's kind of all encompassing how I got there. Being a part of that was really special. And again, I would choose it all over again. Um, but moving forward and paving that path for those to come, 
I just hope they recognize how special it is to have that opportunity, no matter what anyone else says, and then using that platform that they have to share what they're learning. Because you learn a lot of life skills, right? Yeah. You don't learn just how to dribble yeah. a basketball, trust me. Yeah. You do learn how to run and like breathe and everything too, but it's it's a lot more than that. So I don't know. That's that's probably all I have on that topic. I could go on for hours, but I don't want to take up any more airtime from Lori. So yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Lori, did you have anything, uh, anything you wanted to add there? I guess, you know, one thing I'll add is I, as I was sort of doing my homework on, on the subject of Title IX and just looking to see, um, there's so much great press out there right now with it being the anniversary. And, um, you know, I'm a numbers person at heart, so I love a good stat. And unfortunately, this is not a good stat. It's that 80% of Division I schools are not fully compliant with Title IX which is astounding to me. It just seems like how can the how can it be that such a high percentage and it seems like, you know, it's like Title IX is um so great in principle but doesn't really have have a lot of teeth to it. So, um not everybody necessarily adheres um to the same degree. Um so I guess that just underscores the need uh for folks like like us who've had the good fortune and the opportunities to to play college sports um, to really evangelize those opportunities and to make people aware of. I mean, it's just you know you can be a I can be a driven person and I can be someone who's a self starter, but like I'm not going to go anywhere if I have if I don't have a door open, you know, and if I don't have if the opportunity itself doesn't exist, it's just kind of dead in the water. So I think it's important to make sure that. Um, you know, those coming after us understand that it's just not a given because Title IX exists and it's not a given that, you know, we're all happy and celebrating it. There's a lot of fanfare, but there's just uh, a lot more, a lot more that needs to happen to ensure that the principle of Title IX is, is really lived up to. Let's, let's stay there for a second, because I I like what you're saying there, talking about Title IX and, and greater compliance being that's necessary. Uh, what I'm hearing, and I think we all agree with this, is we've got a long way to go, right? Not just with Title IX, but just advancements for women in business, certainly in athletics. Um, so what needs to happen now? In the next five to 10 years, I uh, would love to get both of your thoughts on what you'd like to see. What would be a difference maker? What would, what would move things forward? I'm kicking that to you, Alexis. But second of all, a five to 10 year plan. Oh man, you could go so many different angles with that one. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. So unfortunately I'm in in the office today, so I don't have this shirt with me, but I have a shirt that says female athlete on it and the females crossed out and underneath it says, you know, judge based by accomplishments, not by gender or achievements. I don't remember the exact wording, but the important state, the important statement is that the females crossed out because it, it is vital to recognize. Yes. I'm a female athlete, you know, what girl boss or woman CEO or what, whatever we want to say, but no, I'm just an athlete. Right. And I deserve to be here because I'm an athlete or I'm a CEO or I'm a leader. I'm not a woman leader. I'm a leader. And I think shifting that perspective and kind of norm and language of just having to associate like female, something woman, something it's not, it's important to recognize and to appreciate right? Because we're paving the path for people to come. But 
is it needed? And that's where you start to fall into that trap that Title IX tries to avoid is discrimination based on sex, right? So, and you can meet as a compliment. You might not be discriminating someone, but to say that I'm a female athlete, do you say, oh, he's a male athlete? Not, not usually, right? It's like, oh, he's a really great athlete. It's not like he's a really great male athlete. So when you compare it, which is very simple, you compare it, it sounds a little awkward, right? So I think that I love that shirt. I wear it all the time, by the way, but I think that's an important message to get across is, hey, I'm just an athlete. You know, I'm a consultant. I'm a leader. Insert adjective or name there, right? And you have it. I I love that. I love that. Lori, go ahead. Well, yeah. And I think honestly, uh, sort of what you're touching on there is also just like marketing, you know, it's like, how, 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 how are women's sports marketed? And I think that the answer is, um, I mean, you look at, I'm part of the media. I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm guilty by association, but I feel like, um, media and marketing does a disservice to, um, you know, advancing the cause and fulfilling the purpose of title nine, because, um, you know, there's just huge inequities there in terms of coverage. So I think, you know, a lot of what Alexis is saying, it's like, you know, when you're wearing that shirt, you're marketing yourself as a person who is a skilled athlete. And I think from a bigger picture perspective, you know, looking at the media, it's um, how are we marketing women's sports and how are we um, promoting them? And how are, how is, you know, what is the media consumption of those, those things compared to alternatives? And I think um, there's something there, I think that, um, will play a big role in, in kind of continuing the effort to change. CT. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I think, I think I'm good. Jeff, did you, I don't know. Did you have anything else? Well, I, you know, I, I think we started to touch on this a couple of minutes ago. And Lori, I think you you had uh, brushed on this topic a little bit in one of your answers. But for both of you, you're, you're, what would you say to that next generation of student athletes? What would you say uh, to the athletes who are in, in your places now? And, and I know, Alexis, you, you've got their ear, right? I mean, you've got the ear of many of them uh, as your former teammates. But um, you know, what would be the message to, we've talking a lot about the change that's happened, but also the change that needs to happen. So what would be your message to, to those student athletes, current student athletes? Alexis, you start. Oh, okay. I was hoping to silence would <laughs> you, Lori, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's really funny to look back. Even, I feel like I graduated like 20 years ago, it has been a year, but time flies. Um, to look back and kind of what the teammates before me would say, especially when I was a freshman and some of the seniors, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no clue what I'm doing. And I'm like calling my mom, like, what did I do? And then like a weekend, you're like, oh, okay, I'm totally, totally fine. I don't know why I was panicking. Um, but I think the important message that I got from them that I would love to pass on and also maybe put my own spin on it is, you're never going to know everything, right? And that's okay. But if you're determined enough to not let anyone stop you, that's what's important is being humble. Back to like my initial point, maybe of being humble enough to learn from those around you and just admit to where you're not your, where you're not your best. Like that's why you have a team around you, right? Because 
I'm not the best shooter or I'm not the best rebounder. Well, I have a teammate to support me in that who is the best rebounder or shooter, whatever it may be. And that's the same in the workplace. And so I think understanding that it's okay not to know everything. It's okay that you're going to have hard days and not be your best, but how do you bounce back from that? And that grit and determination and perseverance, perseverance of like not stopping and not taking no for an answer is what will carry you far and what will hopefully carry the change that we're talking about today even further than where it's already gone with Title IX. And I think that's fantastic. I think I would add to that by saying um, live in the moment and appreciate the moment because it's like so fleeting. You know, I feel like when you're there, you know, there's a lot to um, taken. And sometimes um, when there's tough days or you feel like um, maybe you're slighted in some way or you're not getting what you should get or whatever, um, it's like it's over before you know it. So it's been 30 years since I played my last game in alumni gym. And it kind of feels like yesterday in some regards, because I I just had such a great experience at Loyola. And I you know, if my knees would allow me to, I would get back out there and I would, um, you know, get on the floor with my teammates and and try to relive that those glory days. But unfortunately, it just time passes you by. So I think my my thought in looking at, you know, those coming after me, it's like just slow down and enjoy the moment. Um, I think uh, maybe I'm old if I say, you know, you're we tend to look through the lens of our phones and, you know, live live the moments that way. And it's just, uh, you know, it's what you experience on the court, what you experience in the classroom, what you experience walking around Rogers Park. It's just, you know, it, those are those are moments that you you can't really get back and you can't replicate. So that would be my advice. Lori Popernick and Alexis Meyer, thank you both so much for giving us your insight on Title IX, uh, as well as a number of other topics and, and really giving us some food for thought as well. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Definitely. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thanks. And CT, you are a freshman no more. You officially, your debut okay. is over. You, <laughs> you, are, you are now an upperclassman of the podcast. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to working with you in the basketball broadcast as well. Likewise. It'll be fun. Thank you guys so much. All right. Again, a reminder, all Title IX Rambler Roundtable podcasts are presented by Aetna. For women's health tips and resources, please visit Aetna.com and search Women's Health Tips. That'll do it for this edition of the Rambler Roundtable podcast from Learfield. CT and I will have another episode before too long, so be on the lookout for that. For Christian Thomas, I'm Jeff Hagedorn. Go Ramblers! On the Rambler Sports Network, from Learfield, this has been Rambler Roundtable, presented by Aetna. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Rambler Sports Network.